guys, welcome back to the 23rd episode of Two Friendless Friends. And as usual, we'll just start with our life updates. So Flora, what's been happening in your life recently? Hi. Uh, lot. Okay. I, I said the same thing as I did in the last episode, but I've just been doing so many interviews. Uni started, it started two weeks ago, but for me, it really only started this week because that's when I started all my tutorials. And for one of the classes, it was good because I felt like everyone there was really nice and cool and I just wanted to become friends with everyone in the class. But then for the other class, because I only have two in-person tutorials, for the other class, it was like, I wasn't getting like the best vibes. And there's group projects for both of them. But I'll probably, I'll figure it out. It's all good. And yeah, I've just been doing a lot of interviews. I did one this morning. And... I did one yesterday. (laughs) Oh, and I also have joined the pathway journey of dating apps, which is an interesting story. But what about you? What's been going on um, in your life? Um, like, uni has really picked up the pace this week, I think, because, like, my assignments were released in week one, but I don't think it was really expected that we started them. And now it's week two. I have one due next Friday and the Tuesday after as well. And I haven't started either of them. So, like, I don't know how screwed I am. But that's a problem for future me to deal with. And for now, I'll just try my best to do the content. Because do you think it's kind of unfair that the content is only covered, like, by the end of this week? And the assignment's due in week four on Tuesday morning. No, because then you have two weeks. Like, that's just over a week. That's just over a week. If it's covered today and it's due... It's covered, like, this week overall. Like, this, I my tutorial's yeah, tomorrow. and then it's due week four. Tuesday morning, which is just, like, a week and a couple of days. Right. What's your assignment, though? It's the comp one. It's gonna be long, I already know. I just feel like... Comp assignments, you need at least um, four days, I think. With uni, it's definitely... You definitely need to learn how to manage your time because they expect you to be able to just learn things really quickly and then be able to, like, understand it and get an assignment done in a week. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, let you know those, like, quizzes they have to just test your knowledge? Yeah. They always include uh, information and content in that week. I feel like, like, for example, if they set it in week three, they include week three content, which is kind of hard, but I feel like I've just learned that that's just uni expectations i i found that like there are courses where i'm able to get by without like using much of my brain like it's more it's really doable but like now that i'm going to like higher level comp courses like computer science courses it's all like 
condensing like very quickly, very specialized. Um, and literally next term for my algorithms course, there's five assignments. Oh, this is an assignment due every second week. Oh my. <laughs> and I feel like with comp too, it's one of those degrees where you actually have to learn and apply. It's not like a marketing. Actually, I hate on marketing, so and I love marketing. I think, no, I find that like the commerce courses, I've noticed that all the assignments, I can last minute them in like a day. But with comp, I cannot. I need a few days at least. I think the most last minute I've left a comp assignment was... um like I think four days before I was due and I that but that one ended up being an easier one so I did finish with like a day left because I was saying like with comp you you really do need to it's not just writing like it it's not just essays or just memorizing which is really common for a lot of commerce subjects I think out of the commerce subjects I've done anyway except for accounting because that's maths and you actually have to learn stuff. But everything else, it's just memorizing off a textbook, I feel. Yeah, and especially since so many of our exams now are open book, we don't yeah. even memorize. It's, it's just command F. Uh, like, literally every single exam. Have I have had any closed book exams? I don't think so. At least not in the business school. I've technically. Um, because I think, from memory at least... The only exam that I've had that was close book was a comp exam. And, like, it made sense because, like, when I was doing the exam, I had, like, no time to flip to anything else. I was just focused on getting the questions out and I still didn't finish. Like, there's so many of these exams where if it's timed and it's not, like, a take-home exam, you literally have no time to check anything anyway. So, um... It's useless to make an open book. Which do you prefer, though? Like, subjects where you actually have to learn and apply your knowledge or just subjects where you memorise? Learn and apply. I tend to do better for those exams as well. Me too. Except for... I remember high school bio. It was technically learn and apply. But I just... I don't know why... Maybe it was the content that was really, really boring to me. But it just felt like I was just memorizing off a textbook. And I just, I hated that subject. Okay, um, I think moving on, we've also touched on this before. But this week we wanted to really talk about the interview process. Mostly because um, both of us have been going through quite a few interviews in the recent weeks. And we've kind of like developed some opinions and tips about and tricks. like recruiting recruiting processes because some of them are actually so long it gets a bit like nerve-wracking when you get to it but before we go into that I wanted to ask my weekly question to you yes okay so I came up with this question when I was just randomly thinking and reminiscing so, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Um, I don't really remember compliments. I don't, like, I can't really think of any on top of my head. Uh, the only one I remember is the most recent one, which is dr- 
during a technical interview, which is, um, I'll go through more details on technical interviews later, but it's, it was like, the interviewer just said my code was good and like, he didn't have any kind of suggestions for it. And I was like, wow, like this person from this big company who's been working on like really big projects that like people are using every day said my code was good and didn't have any critiques for it. Oh, that was like a uh, like a nice validating moment then. Yeah, but then I realized I made a really fundamental mistake. <laughs> oh, did she not pick up on it? Um, he didn't pick up on it. Neither of my um interviewers picked up on it because I think it was just like it was so dumb that they it was easily ignored. It wasn't something that they had to worry about. Oh, okay, okay, fair. So the reason I came up with this question was because I also don't really remember compliments like people say things and it's nice but it wasn't until I was at dinner with a friend and my friends were like getting a bit drunk and when they do they're like they turn into the the cutest people because they just ramble on and get really like cuddly and it's cute I wasn't drinking Um, anyway, so my friend turns to me and she says, you know, while I'm drunk, I might as, um, I'm going to take this time to compliment you. I just think that you're, you're really good at, wait, actually, no, that's not what she said. Well, no, sorry. I got the stories mixed up. Okay. She did say that, but the compliment wasn't part of that story. So basically, um, I don't really drink because I can't, but my other friends do and one of my friends let's call her a she was saying that she just feels really comfortable around me even when she's drinking and i'm not and she doesn't feel like like she doesn't feel weird about it i guess and she doesn't she likes that i don't feel like i have to be pressured into it because i'm fine with not drinking like i would rather not drink than drink any day so anyway Um, she was just comparing me to someone else and saying like, okay, when I'm with you and I'm just drinking alone, like I, I feel fine. I feel, uh, like safe. I I just feel like myself. I don't have to worry about you judging me for drinking. However, when I'm with this other person and we are drinking together, even though they don't drink, I feel like they're just kind of judging me. And so my, the best compliment I've ever received was when, uh, my other friend joined in the conversation and she said, oh yeah, I think that's because Flora matches people's energy really well. And then when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's kind of really nice to hear because I feel like I get along with people quite well. I mean, you do. Like, I feel like you start conversations with people so easily. But starting isn't really matching people's energy. Like yesterday when we met my friend at the light rail and like, you just oh, yes. started you just you matched the conversation so well and I was like wow this is the first time you're meeting like even I was more awkward with her when I met her again um after primary school <laughs> you guys are close now right uh we don't talk as often we talked a lot more at like the end of high school but we still keep in contact cuz Okay, I mean, I'll go back to that later, but 
I also saw someone else say this online, like this random person say that other people have said that she's really good at matching people's energy. However, she doesn't take it as a compliment. She hates it about herself. And I don't know whether it's a good or bad thing now. Because no, it's a good thing, right? Like, um, Does that just like, mean you just extent, change a lot? with other, Like, maybe that just is... To some extent, like, you might be losing some of, like, your own personality in the conversation when you do that. Because you're not taking it at, like, a pace that you set. But at the same time, it makes it very easy for people to get along with you and kind of talk to you. Because I feel like matching energy really is something that you do at the beginning of a friendship or when you just meet someone. And then, like, I think for us now, at least for me, I don't feel like the need to match your energy because I just say whatever yeah (laughs) so like it's like you get to a point where like you don't really have to match that person's energy and you're just like going at your own pace but there's a point where like you should be matching people's energy and it's also kind of rude to not like do that because it's like if someone's like hi and you're like hey like you know (laughs) i mean yeah i i do agree with you but i don't like matching people's energy when they're really dead and boring like there's nothing for you to match there is no energy to match (laughs) like if you if you just text like one word and you're hella try i'm not gonna do the same i'm just gonna stop talking to you actually i probably won't but you don't because i do that to you that's what i would want to yeah um okay i was going to, wait what was the thing that i said i was going to go back and talk about did you say you were going to go back and talk about something i did i was oh this is what okay. happens every episode we lose track and then we don't remember anything that we ever said no i said i would go back and talk about it it was something to do with friends hold on i'll figure it out just wait a second i'll be back so we're back i figured out what i was going to say so we were talking about how i met your friend yesterday and you were a bit surprised that we that i just kind of naturally talked to her as yeah because we were good friends you didn't know her and i haven't talked about her before I just feel like whenever I meet someone, the, the go-to thing I start off with is, hi, what's your name? Um, and then they say the name and then I'll say, oh, um, oh, I'm Flora. Nice to meet you. It always goes like that, which is also a question I wanted to ask you, which is how do you start a conversation with someone if you're all wearing name tags? Oh, yeah. I saw your, was it your snap? Um honestly yeah. i don't know um i'll just say like hi like how are you and stuff like that because i just feel like introducing a name is the first thing but if, if it's already there then you go through that awkward conversation it's like oh i'm flora and then you point to your name tag and you're like yep here is the proof that my name is flora <laughs> yeah you you totally can't read and i just had to read it out for you yeah, because I just... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's how I just start conversations with new people. And then 
I mean, at first during that conversation, you guys were talking about like uh, Trungs and your cousin, and then I just ended up joining in like whenever the conversation was something that I could relate to. I don't know. I just like insert myself into the conversation. <laughs> I think at first it was a lot of like just us catching up about because we kind of lost contact at the beginning of uni. Uh, we were still talking in term one last year, but I think um, it just, it really, it definitely cut off when uni went online. Oh, and okay, I yeah. just like, I think because when uni did go online, I just shut myself in and didn't really talk to people at all, except for the friend that I do my courses with. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I lost contact with so many people at that point. I I kind of stopped talking to people i mean you know how i go through my random phases where i just don't talk to people yeah that started during covid i think but not because of covid I th- when was my big antisocial phase like it was end of last year sometime oh i do remember that actually that was kind of during the time when i was having my antisocial phase and then no when you finished your antisocial phase i was still in my antisocial phase i still kind of am in my antisocial phase because i i think like definitely more social than before but um i still don't really want to talk to people sometimes not like when i say sometimes it means like most of the time Oh, <laughs> no, I love talking to people, like, any time. It's just texting now. Like, I used to be such a good texter, reply game so good. But now I see it there and I just don't. Oh, yeah, my, my reply game has definitely declined because now I am more likely to ignore messages. Yeah, <laughs> I used to be the, like, I used to be that person who would hate having to wait for other people to, uh reply back so i'm sorry i'm I'm a big hypocrite for doing this um anyway back to 20 minutes into the episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah so as kelly mentioned at the beginning of this episode we've both we've both been doing a lot of interviews uh a lot of interviews actually for interns slash just like part-time jobs Um. and so we wanted to talk about our experience yeah. So, Flora, do you want to say what companies you've interviewed for? Or would you like to say that until you get a confirmation? I'll just say it. So, okay. Actually, it started off with every single sketchy company there was to exist. I think you... Didn't you just apply everywhere that seemed to yeah. fit? Like, not really... Not even seemed to fit. You just you applied. <laughs> You know on LinkedIn, they've got that easy apply oh, yeah, where you, you just, just click it. You just, it se- just sends then, in your LinkedIn <laughs> profile. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do that, and usually those are the companies that are sketchy. Um, so I apply to all of them, and then I get interviews. And then I do a lot for the experience, knowing that it is sketchy. But then after some time, I think God was like, hold on, this girl needs a break from these sketchy places. Let me send through. Like you, literally, there was one point where, like, every two days you were sending me a, um inv- interview <laughs> invitation and you're asking me, like, yeah. does this email seem sketchy? I mean, yeah. And then I think after some time, I, I, I got a lot of good opportunities. 
starting with Apple and then I got Mecca soon after and Mecca is a company that I've been wanting to work for forever like that's it's it's been the one company that I I would give my soul to basically <laughs> I and I I finally got interviews for that and then uh this morning I did interview for you know Sydney Film Festival yeah it was marketing intern but it's volunteer so I probably mm, yeah yeah did you want to talk about your companies the places you applied Um, for so like last year I applied for a few which I completely flunked like, last year was really a learning experience because, like, I was first year. Like, who who the heck would hire me? I had zero skill at that point. And um, I applied for SAP and a startup last year. And both of them I got to, like, um, the second stage. And that was where, like, I kind of... Well, like, one of them I got to second stage. One of them I got to third stage. And then both of them rejected me. Um, yeah, that was interesting. And then I was like, I realized that everything I kind of applied for at that point, like, I was just diving straight in without really thinking about whether or not it was a good fit. And I think partially due to that, I had no real, like, inclination to try hard for it. And, like, because it wasn't really what aligned with what I wanted it was just what was available for me I feel like that's actually a really good point because a lot of times like the reason I applied for these sketchy places was because I was thinking that I just wanted a job I just wanted experience and I never really considered what is it that I actually do want in a company because I'm going to be working here I don't want to hate my job so I feel like it's important to actually look into the company before you apply see if their values align with yours, see if the hours are good. Have a look on Glassdoor. Glassdoor is a great website. Yeah, Glassdoor is really good, except there are companies out there where Glassdoor does not have as much information on. Yeah. But um, it's a good resource to like look at before you apply to see what the company's like, what people have said about the hiring process or like actually working there, the work lifestyle, whatever. Um, so this year I did apply for a few, I applied for, um, Optiva. Oh, yes. Which was, um... Did you tell me about this? Kind of a dumb decision. Yes. Okay. It was kind of a dumb decision, considering that I, I cannot do statistics, and, um, a lot of it was statistics. What was the position for? It was, um, quantitative research or something like that. Um, oh okay it's about trading it's trading based okay. and I was like I there was a quiz for them there was a math quiz and um it was all stats and I was like what the heck I cannot do this I was just guessing every single one the time limit was like intense one mistake that I've made is that there was a company that did I think investment banking and um I didn't realize they sent me an invitation for an interview because it went to my spam folder. Oh. And I found it, like, after the deadline. So I just 
I was like, I missed out on this one. I won't kind of like. You told me about this, right? Bother them about it. Yeah, because I don't. I really don't think I should bother them about it because it was my fault that I missed the interview because I didn't check my spam folder. Like, this is a really big tip to anyone if you're applying to stuff. Make sure you're regularly checking your spam folder because there are a lot of times where those emails do go to your spam folder instead of your normal inbox. How does the email differentiate between what's spam and what's not? Um, spam... Well, like, what's not spam is definitely, like, always the stuff that you've gotten emails from before and, like, you've opened and read them and you've kept them. Oh, okay. Spam is generally, like, um, what something that the alg- whatever algorithm they're using considers foreign. Right. So, like, when you do get emails from, like, new people, like, this has happened to, like, my parents' emails as well. Like, they've gotten, like... um contacted and they're like oh we sent you an email and like they're like oh i can't find the email it was in the spam folder so no matter how many times that person resends that email it'll still be in the spam folder until you move it out of the spam folder oh okay because i'm looking at mine now it's so weird it's like yeah it's a it's a really weird mix of like just actual spam (laughs) and people that are trying to email you, but they can't get through. Mm, yeah. So, uh, what happened after you realized that? Yeah, I just deleted the email and I was like, let's forget about this. This is a mistake. I learned from this. Um, instead of trying to chase up the company, because I, I really, like, companies have a very streamlined way of hiring where they go through the stages, like, and move the candidates through the stages in a certain, like, timeline. So, like, once you miss that timeline, you're not worthy. Like, these companies are getting, like, thousands of applicants. And they're probably not going to reschedule everything just for you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they have a bit of empathy, but I I never really test it. You know how, like, for example... I wouldn't test it. Like, I really wouldn't test it. I'm too scared to. Like, yesterday you were telling me about uh, how... The, the time slots for the interview they didn't really suit your time well I even though there's the button that says like I can't attend and I guess you could probably tell them that you can't I just wouldn't risk it I would not like um no in the interview in the interview she said like if you can't go to the time slots available you can just it wouldn't mean like an automatic no for your application they will just keep reinviting you until you get a time slot that you can go to but i was like i don't want to do that like i feel like i need to be going out of my way for this yeah and that even if that means leaving my tutorial early next week and sacrificing some of my participation marks i will make sure i am there on time yeah, because it's, um, it's a really good company and it's a good opportunity if you get the position. Yeah, so um, currently interviews. Let's go back to out- us outlining our in- current interviews. So um, currently I am interviewing for a Google internship. Oh my god. And I've made it to the final stage. It's a What a smart queen. It's a waiting game now and I don't know. I'm really scared because like... I made it this far. If I get kicked out now, I'm going to be really sad. Because I think I wouldn't be as sad if I just got the rejection after I set in my resume. Yeah, I know. 
But, like, if I get it now, it's like, Google has already said that I am good enough. But maybe I might not be accepted just because I can't get a project. But I guess it makes it a bit better knowing that if you get rejected at this stage, it wasn't because of you. Yeah. Yeah, because it's to do with finding the right project that uh, suits you. And if they can't, then they reject you. So it's got nothing to do with them not wanting you, though. And the other interview I've had recently was also for Apple, just like Flora. Um, I applied for retail because I'm not good enough for their internship because they only take penultimate students. And it's full-time, too, isn't it? Yeah, it is full-time. I'm pretty sure. I saw the listing before, and it was for full-time. And um, I had my first interview yesterday. Flora is like way ahead of me and I applied to a different location than her. And I am now, well, I got my invitation to the next stage and I will be going next Wednesday. So expect an update in the next couple episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and... Apple's good yeah, with the hiring process, I think. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, I think, with in my experience so far, Google has been better mostly because uh, it's not just a retail position; it's an internship, and they've like assigned a recruiter to my my application. Oh, it's the I same don't know recruiter how many every applications time? that. Yeah, oh, I don't okay. know how many applications that recruiter is um, working on at the same time, but. Every single contact has been from her. No, I think that's good. And she's been giving me so many updates. And it's so nice. And I really want to meet her. Yeah. But I don't th- I don't know if I'll have the chance to. This is... I actually like this episode topic. Because I feel like there's so much to discuss here. I think that's really good that they have, like, one recruiter to each person. Well, not one to each person. But, like, you have one recruiter throughout. Because... They get to know who you are a lot better because, like, for example, I'll, I'll quickly run through what um, Apple's uh, stage was like. By the way, I applied for the position. Well, actually, it's not really for any position, but it's for, like, the retail side of things, so not intern. Um, but firstly, you send in your resume cover letter and then they send you an email if they want you asking for, like, Available times, um, Australian citizen, like very basic questions like that, right? Yeah, it's like very admin level stuff. Yeah, and then next step would be your phone interview. So that's the one Kelly did yesterday. And they send you like a link to set your time. But like, I think, I, I don't know how many time slots you got to choose from, but all of my time slots were on a Wednesday, and Wednesday is the day that I am at uni. So, like, I was taking the interview in a random cat's room at uni that was empty. Some guy walked in in the middle of my interview, but my interviewer was very nice because I let her know beforehand that I was at uni and there was a chance that, like, random people might walk oh, in good. and disturb that the interview. Prepared. And she was like, she understands. 
I think, um, oh, okay, so going back to the process. So phone interview and then next step would be your group interview where half of the time is spent um, doing like a store tour. So they kind of um, take you around, tell you the different positions that you could possibly get into and the different stages and what the responsibilities are. And then they kind of tell you. And that's my next stage. That's what's happening for me on next Wednesday. They also like tell you a bit about themselves um their experiences uh not oh a bit about like the products but not too much and then you have to do an activity called feature um sorry hello with the feature where you basically just um pretend like you're trying to uh talk to a customer like an acting role play thing talk to a customer you say hello and then you introduce the feature of um a product to them while you're saying hello and then after that in the same interview you just sit down and then you um like a regular group interview where they ask a question every single person answers that same question uh going in order and yeah after that like apple's really good at uh getting back to you in a very short amount of time like same day same with google as well because like I've had companies, I like, Google has had gaps because I really thought I failed the first stage and um, a few months later, no, it wasn't even a few months, like, it was a month later and they contacted me and, like, you passed and I was like, what? Um, hello. Oh, I yeah, it's always the first stage that is really long and then after that it gets yeah much quicker. Yeah, everything, like, is so much more smooth afterwards, but, um... Yeah, both of my interviews were pretty good, and if I get, if, like, it's a huge if, if I get offers for both, I can still take both since, like, they're not conflicting oh, either. that's so good. I, oh, I also applied for MasterCard intern, like, a consultant intern, and... Oh, yeah, I saw the offering... Have you ever done Pymetrics? Huh? Okay, so Pymetrics is, is like that? a program that a lot of companies use. I think it's more companies like, um, you know, Big Four, MasterCard, Procter & Gamble. Oh, I haven't done any of the uh, Big Four. I haven't okay, applied yeah. to any of them. Uh, it's, it, it basically tests, like, your personality cognitive skills. So there was like you like memorizing tasks and um kind of like ga questions oh i've seen these before because um my mom had to do one of those for one of her interviews oh okay yeah i i, I know what you're talking about now red bull had like one too which was really really hard i don't like those i feel like if you did it in selective like your brain is just like primed to doing and you're able to just problem solve so much better because i look like i was doing the red bull one with my family friend i don't know if he did selective or not but he's just really smart and like i don't know how he was able to think like that and i feel like if i just did selective when i was in year five six five no six at the beginning of year six yes six year six then maybe i would be really good at doing this but i don't know i'm I'm really bad at like the shape things i mean like if you think about it it's like these kids have been like 
training for selectives since like year four or something like that. So many kids like it starts from the OC level, like um so many kids oh, start yeah. at the OC level and then they go to selective, which is like a bit harder, a bit longer, but um the style is still similar. And like it kind of trains your brain in a way because you're so wired to doing those questions and then you head to like um, high school and everything's like useless at that point. Speaking of, it, it it's good for like problem solving skills. And I genuinely think that the definition of intelligence is being able to problem solve. I mean... And it's got nothing to do with marks. Yeah, definitely. Because... With marks, there's so many ways for you to, like, maximize your marks without really being intelligent in a sense, like, um, being able to work in a real environment outside of, like, academics. Because there's a huge difference between being able to get get really high scores in in your, like, academic life than actually getting a job. Yeah. Because with most of these companies, and especially the bigger companies, what they look for most isn't to, like, marks. That's just basically to get through to the first stage. And then after that, it's just all based on personality and how you interact with people. So I, I thought it would be a good idea if we could, like, go through some tricks and, like, how to answer interview questions. Because... We've done so many, and they always ask the same yeah, questions. It's like, always the same questions. Yeah. Like, and I hate it. It gets it gets repetitive, but at least it's good because then you kind of know what you're expecting. Because like, okay, um, let's start off like from the beginning of an interview, like a very typical interview. The first question they ask is, "Tell like, me about yourself." Yeah, tell me about yourself. Introduce yourself, or like, oh, what are your interests?" Like. But so many of these I've already listed on my resume. Like, a lot of the things that they want from me. They already have the information, but why Like why do you want to hear it from me again? It's just going to be the exact same thing. Yeah, but the reason they want to hear it is because they want you to hear how you're able to sell yourself, how you're able to talk about it. Because everyone can just write down, I have communication skills. But it's through the interview that they're able to actually yeah. see. So how do you normally answer the question? Tell me about um, yourself. I'll just start like basic name, uh, degree, and like usually something cool, something that could grab their attention. Um, I wouldn't dive too deep into my interests if it doesn't relate to the job description. So like for Apple, when it, they asked me about my interests, I really talked about my tech interests and like which is completely different to the way i answered (laughs) it but yes Um, continue it's just a matter of like making sure that you know how to sell yourself and you know what makes you sound really passionate like what you're really passionate about will come through when you're talking about it yeah and like uh Kelly is genuinely into tech, so it would make sense for her to bring up her interest in tech during the Apple interview. And I stayed up until 3 a.m. for WWDC exactly. 21. Exactly, like that's the kind of stuff she would do, so hoping. it makes sense for her to talk about it. But I think... <laughs> and hope, I hoped that there would be a hardware release, but it was all software. But it was pretty cool software anyway. Yeah. 
So I guess like something that recruiters really pick up on is whether you're being genuine or not. Because in my Apple interview, yes, Apple is a tech company, but I didn't mention anything about technology. And I, when they asked me that question, like, tell me about yourself. No, no, no. That, what are your interests? Yeah, I think it was what are your interests? Because they already got like name and degree from the resume. Yeah. I talked about makeup and content creation. And then I I linked that to being creative and just liking uh, working with people. And so like, d- even though it's a tech company, don't pretend that you're into tech just because you think they can tell. that that's what they want to hear. Obviously, makeup is completely different industry to Apple. But if you're able to just talk about something, but then link it to something that is relevant to them, like like being creative, being able to talk to people, that's a skill that they want to hear. So it doesn't really matter about like the, I guess, what am I trying to say? Just don't try to BS your way into an interview because there will always be a point where the recruiter will pick up on it because like these people have interviewed like thousands of candidates. They can tell if you're being genuine or not. They can tell if you're suitable for the job or not, and they can tell if you should be hired or not. And I also think if you pretend to be someone you're not and you actually do get the job, there's a risk that you might actually hate it there (laughs) because you realise that the person that you pretended to be was meant to be for that role, but you are actually not that person. Never do it for the money. I get like... um there's people that are struggling with money and stuff like that that's a whole separate story but we're more trying to talk to people in our position where we're students we don't really need to spend that much money um at least for us like we still live in our parents houses like we don't pay the bills like we don't really need to spend that much money and we don't need as much disposable income as someone that might have like moved out is paying for their own groceries their own bills so like at least for us it's a matter of just gaining experience as well as like trying to explore things that we're interested in while we still have the time to okay like if you're like if you're short on money you really need the job that also shows like you're so willing to do whatever and that will show in how you kind of present yourself. Because have you heard the story about the guy on LinkedIn? Um, basically, I think it was someone... There were people complaining about not being able to find jobs when there's so many jobs out there. While he was laid off from a job due to the pandemic. And he used to be like working in an office or something. But now he's working in some factory. And he went to the job... They were like, let's say there was a number of people there joining on the same day, but you could see people slowly just like quitting because they couldn't handle it. They couldn't get through it. And he was talking about how like, because he really needed the money, he kept going no matter how much he hated the job, no matter how much like he didn't want to do that because that was his way of surviving. Yeah. And I really respected that. And apparently like, after that LinkedIn post, he got so many offers from different companies Aww. because um, companies do prioritize like having a can your attitude and like have, having a very can do attitude, having like 
a very positive attitude towards work because in terms of skills, everything can be learned, but you can't really change a person's attitude that easily. Yeah. And that's what you have to take um, from any interview. But also, like, be realistic. Companies do need a certain um, number of skills for you to actually get through to the first round. Like, if, if you're applying for Kelly's um, Google thing, I don't think that I would have... You need to be able to code. <laughs> yeah. Like... um. Actually, so in my Apple interview, this was the one-on-one, and they asked me, like, tell me about a time when you showed, uh, what was it, excellent customer service skills. Oh, I had that too. And so I told my thing, I told my story, and then she asked, oh, yeah, like, what was her name? And the first name that came into my mind was Isabel, so I said that. So, and then afterwards, I was thinking, was that a trick question to see if I was being genuine or not? Because realistically, yes. Would you remember some, like a customer's name? No, probably not. Although in my position, yes, because I was talking from an optom assistant role where you do have to learn people's names because uh, it's it's like regular customers that come in like they're they're patients so you remember who they are you you do their orders for them so but do you think that she asked that as like a trick question probably yeah me too that's what i think it's also like a matter of it's also a matter of like knowing whether or not you like remember customers like you're able to kind of communicate with them and also like you hop like you value them as well because like remembering a customer's name is a big thing like no 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 because this no so my theory is that she probably expected me to say no I don't remember her name because I feel like that's what most people would do but if if you make up someone's name like for example that's what I did I just made up like Isabel um she would probably think oh wow she answered that question like so quick that was probably fake she's lying that entire story was a lie i don't know because uh my one was that i got the same question and i was because i don't have like customer service experience directly but i just experience in tutoring and like talking to parents about like progress and like study plans and what's like what's kind of best for the student and i kind of talked about a story from there about one of my students and the follow-up question was like oh so what was the parents response to like how you explained everything and so I talked about how like they were reluctant and then they like kind of like understood and the child convinced them and stuff like that um so when you do have a story like that you have to be prepared for follow-up questions yeah so like if you're trying if you're making something up you'll be exposed the moment that they ask a follow-up question. Okay. So, yeah, like, in, in a lot of these interviews, they do ask... It is very, very, very common that they'll ask a tell-me-about-a-time-when kind of question. So you need to be prepared and for this. And it will be related to the job. Yeah, and it might not be directly related. Like, if it's... I guess, like, if it's Apple you are able to tell like a tutoring story but just again make sure your answer still comes back and and you're able to relate it to an important part that they're looking for 
So a lot of yeah, like just make sure you're relating it to the relevant skill that they're trying to ask you about. Yeah, which isn't something that I knew when I first started. Well, I mean, like I knew it, but I wasn't able to do it. But I think over time, with a lot of practice, you you kind of figure it out. Yeah, it's really a matter of practice with interviews. Like, never script your answers as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think, especially nowadays with interviews, at least the ones that I've done, I haven't really done like Big Four. So I feel like Big Four would be like very formal, and anything in the law world will be very formal. But like, um, all of my interviews. One tip that I can um, give you is try to maintain a conversational tone. Oh, yes. Rather than being very jittery and like also like thinking of the interviewer as someone superior because what you really want to do is get to know them and try to become like not really buddy-buddy but like kind of friendly tone because if you do work in a workplace – Especially, I think nowadays it's a very it's not as formal, especially in the tech world. I'm not sure about like the very like the big four world in a sense, but in the tech world, everything is so like informal, relaxed, and even like dress code is relaxed. So just make sure that you match whatever tone that the company requires. Yeah, and all of this information you can find out through research, and a lot of it, like we said before. Glassdoor, it's a website, and you can see like yeah. uh, past employee employees' reviews on it, the culture, the benefits, the pay, interview process. Um, also, company website will tell you a bit of stuff. Yeah, and um, also make sure you familiarize yourself with the. I think this is a very like simple tip, but familiarize yourself with the company itself. Know their product. Know what they do. Because it really shows in your interview when you don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Um. Because um, I think I got really different questions from Flora for the exact same interview at Apple. Because I am completely within the Apple ecosystem in terms of like my technology. And I think because I did mention that I was watching WWDC... I got a lot of questions on my experience with Apple as a company and what I thought of it as a company and like experience in as like a customer in Apple stores as well as experience with the products Actually, themselves. yeah, one thing I did notice after my phone interview was that I don't think they had a lot of um, set questions. It was kind of like a follow-up from whatever, however you answered. So I think the reason that... Yeah, it depends... Everything depends on how you answer your question. Yeah, like the reason that your interview was so different to mine and the questions they asked you were so Apple-based was because you you kind of led them into that path. Whereas like I, the way that I answered it was a lot different. So we didn't really touch on like the Apple products, the company. Well, actually, we did talk about the company a bit. And usually when I research about a company, I look at... Uh, the sustainable and the social impact factor except except for apple this time i didn't so i had to make something up in in the middle of an interview um but with one thing one funny thing about me though 
Yeah. You know how, like, recently all the phone interviews have been over the phone, at least for yes. me? I tend to speak with, like, even now when we're recording podcasts, I tend to speak with, like, hand actions a lot. Oh, my so, God. Like, Wait. I feel like I do that, too. Yesterday, I was sitting in the cat's room at uni, and the door was clear, and, like, people outside could see me, like, with my AirPods in, like, talking on the phone, but, like, my hands were moving, like, violently. It probably looked really funny to anyone that didn't have any context, because I was just there, like, whoa! Yeah, I think it also, like, gets you... It's a good thing. It makes you feel more, like, formal. Like, wait, I just did it right now <laughs> without even realizing that. I do it, like, every single time we record as well. Okay, so with all the interview processes that you have done, if you were to create the best interview experience ever, what would that kind of be like? Like, my ideal interview experience would probably be aligned to, like, Google and Apple. Like, I feel like those were the better experiences because what make them better? I just feel like well like I had more experience like never expect your first interview to go well that's the really? thing really like you shouldn't unless you're experienced in interviews like never expect the first time you ever do oh, an interview oh, to like, like first ever ever yeah, interview yeah. or do you mean first interview with a company first ever interview oh okay so okay, like yeah there's a matter of like just practicing um and making sure that you do understand what questions could come up and, like, think of some scenarios in your own head, like, run it through yourself and then do your interview. That's the best way to prepare. Like, I don't think you should really, like, um, script everything for your interview because that's really obvious. You want to, like, just think on the spot because... If you can't think on the on the spot, how are you going to get the job? Because every single job requires you to think on the spot. Like, don't always rely on having, like, a script there for you. or And don't rely on always knowing the answers. And my other thing is... I don't... You've, I, Flora, I don't think you've ever done a technical interview, but I have. Like, I've done one. No, I have. Um, for the makeup. Oh, like... Yeah, in a sense, like, um, because my technical interviews are very, like, it's coding-based, problem-solving-based, and my tip for that is talk to your interviewer, because they aren't there to, like, throw you off your path. I know everyone says this, but, like, the listen to what your interviewer says, talk them through what you want to do, listen to their suggestions consider the suggestions think about it and um also ask them if you don't know stuff because especially for internships they don't expect you to know everything because they do understand that you're still learning you're still in uni and you have skills that you will be picking up over time as well yeah like with and also um Every single person that you meet from the second you walk into the door to the second you leave, um, considering it's like an in-person interview, those people are important to your actual interview process. Like even the receptionist that you meet, make sure that you have a good interaction with them because a lot of times the inter- um, your recruiter could ask them, what was your experience like with 
this person. And for my, um, the one that I just mentioned, the makeup one, so it's for Mecca, uh, like a makeup artist position. So we went in and we had to create a makeup look on another candidate. And, um, like there were a lot of like maybe three or four, um, employees at Mecca that were there. And every, every time you got to talk to them, act as if they are the recruiter, even though some of them were just there to like, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, just, just from the second you walk into the door, that's when your interview starts, basically. Yeah. Don't also, but at the same time, don't fake it. Oh, yes. Never fake anything. Wow. Like, I cannot repeat that enough, like, because the consequences when you get caught are worse, are so bad, like, you do not know what will happen. Because I've heard about, like, people faking um, their graduating year f- to get an internship. And I'm like, hello, like, do you really think the company would be that dumb and not know or not find out? It's worked before, but I would have to say it's probably it's better to avoid the risk. The ri- yeah. I think, okay. I know we're trying to give, like, good tips. I do think in some cases it is okay to fake some things like for example with the questions they ask you tell me about a time when like those stories can be slightly twisted a bit which is like you can you take as long as it's based on some truth yes yes you can actually handle any questions they ask afterwards as long as you're able to like demonstrate that you can do something and you understand it or the concept of it i think that's good enough also but if you don't have to fake it, don't fake it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, it, it sounds a lot more natural if you're able to just kind of think about it from the top of your head. Something that I've learned as part of my course, like it was psychology of work. And these, I think they're behavioral questions. Tell me about a time when you want to go through the star method, you know, like situation task action result but oh i do i kind of do that naturally like yeah i kind of start off a scenario outline it let the interviewer know what's the scenario i'm trying to talk about and then it's like what i'm trying to achieve in that scenario and then like what i did i think the most important part of that question is the result like what i yeah even if you forget about the result bit they usually will ask you about it or ask you more details about the result as well yeah um another common question they ask is do you have any questions for me what are your go-to questions uh uh, depends on the company depends on who the interviewer is because um first of all i would always ask them about like their experience with the company what they've done to and i would always like kind of show my interest through that because it's like oh I want to learn more about what this part of what you've done is and it's like um showing trying to learn more about the company based on things that aren't just like available on their website like learn more about them learn more about the work life like personal experiences yeah Yeah. and also like good tips is like ask about like hours and stuff like that 
if it's a casual position like one of those like rotating ones where like it's different because a lot of this information isn't available online all the information available online isn't as accurate so like I asked about like shift length uh what it's like um does like is it like oh regularly working on the same days or like does it change a lot stuff like that is actually really helpful to you in your future stages as well what's I'll ask this later actually um the questions that I normally go for are like basically what are the biggest opportunities and also challenges about this position and then I ask about um like the uh like future opportunities as well not necessarily promotions but for example um if you're doing retail and if it's the right company like um apple mecca uh woolworths like those kind of companies ask about like graduate uh programs because a lot of them do have it um i think it doesn't really like these these questions that you ask it just has to show that you're interested in the company but what's your opinion on asking about pay pay is a bit of an awkward one i generally don't ask because um if i like the job i won't really mind yes yes same um yeah like um so like for my apple i don't care how much they pay me as long as it's like minimum wage like legal side but um i don't really mind because i know that i will enjoy working there i like them as a company i like the products that they make and i like the fact that i would be sharing those products with other people Wow, yeah, I hope I get the job. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like, pay isn't that important to me, at least, especially where I am right now. Like I said before, I don't need to worry about, like, meeting bills, me- meeting, like, uh, ho- home loan repayments, stuff like that, because I have my parents to support me. You know what's kind of a weird thing, though? It's, I feel like, not weird, but it's the bigger companies that I just have a, no, sorry. Let me just rephrase the entire thing. Comparing the small companies, the interviews that I've done for them and the big companies, meaning, um, Mekong and what is it? Apple. I just have such a, like a much better experience even in like the process is definitely much longer but everything is just structured so well because I compare it to the optom position that I did and the like I I literally I'm pretty sure I called you after that I don't know if I was crying on the phone when I called you but I definitely did cry uh driving home and like it was just a stressful environment like these recruiters at the big company they're they're trained at what they do it's not just the boss that they're just saying okay let me just train um let me just interview this person the training really makes a difference because they they set the environment to be very safe and uh comfortable and then i don't know just it just feels easier it's definitely more enjoyable because like when i interviewed for tutoring positions before it was all like oh so what school did you get go to what ATA did you get okay you're hired yeah 
And I'm like, do um do you know if I can teach? Um, I don't think you know that. So um, why are you hiring me? Like, is it just because I went to the top school in the state? Well, like that doesn't say anything about my abilities. Like, there's so many of those interviews out there where I'm like, the moment they do that, I'm kind of like, I don't want to work for you because I don't think you understand what the standard should be. And I think there's such a big misconception that you do have to have, uh, like, all the skills to get the job or you have to, like, know everything about the company. It's definitely more attitude because skills can be learned. Yeah. Unless... You have, like, no skill at all. Like, that's concerning. But um, if you're willing to spend time to pick up the skills, you'll do so much better in the long run if you have the correct attitude. And my tip for people is never work for a company whose values you don't align with because you'll hate it there. Oh, actually, yes. Another good thing is uh, I don't think that this is... Actually, this could possibly be an issue too for big companies. But if you're applying for a small company where it's it's fine, like if you like startups, for example, but just make sure you know your rights as an employee, like the minimum wage, the hours, and make sure that you're always uh, checking to see whether what you what you're getting paid matches what you have to do because a lot of times too also chase up missing payments yeah a lot of times i feel like i know it's just, a very awkward conversation but um it's important oh so i saw on tiktok because someone was saying how it's also awkward to be put in a position where you ask for raises and she says like the best way that i can do this is um look at your responsibilities and see like because a lot of times they add responsibilities on after you get your job like oh you're also going to have to teach these people and so what you should do is if you're um in that conversation about negotiating say so these are the uh responsibilities that have been added onto my position here and I haven't gotten a raise for it um at other companies who and 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 make sure that if you are negotiating be realistic be reasonable yeah have have a look at like what the average is for not particularly for the role but for the responsibilities and tasks that you have to do like at least for me um there was a there was a tutoring place that was like they sent me an offer for like um a certain amount for to teach like five to eight students per class and then I turned up to work and it was a class of 15. Yeah, exactly. And I, I stuck through that at the beginning because like, because it was so early on, it was really hard to ask for a raise, like, because I just started. But at the t- end of the term, when I asked for a raise, because I knew that my responsibilities were more than what they offered at the beginning for the price that they offered at the beginning, I asked for a raise and... B- Especially because, like, there were companies out there willing to pay me so much more. Yeah. For, like, less work. And they just let me leave. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I also think it. it's really important for you to know your own strengths and your own worth. And it's it's definitely, like, a weird thing. For, like, it's a weird feeling to have to sell yourself and, like, talk yourself up. But it's important that you do know where you stand because... 
you also have the right to say no. Yeah, people do because, take advantage of you if you don't. Yeah, because um, your job's description is what you're paid for. And if you get extra work on top of that, you should be compensated for it. Like, you shouldn't... Like, I think there's a matter of, like, you just volunteering to do something versus you being assigned a task without getting paid for it. Yeah, and and this is based on um, hourly pay. But if you're listening and you're on salary, then I don't know how that works. I mean, like, my brother, I think my my brother's on salary and he works, like, 12 hours a day, but he likes it there, so he doesn't mind. Okay, yeah. And his salary isn't even that high. Like, there's jobs out there where, like, you can work your way up because at the end of the day, I think, unless you have moved out, like, I think the best decision, unless it's impacting you, like, mentally, is to stay at home and explore your options because... There's no point rushing into a job that you hate. What's your, what's your like, ideal culture that you want to work with? Because culture is definitely one of the main things that I think a lot of people look at when they're starting a job. And it's also one of the main uh, reasons that people stay at a job too. I think ideal culture is I don't really want to work at a workplace like, um, I don't think a job at the big four is for me. I really like the relaxed, more modern approach to work and it's very, like, chill. This is more common in, like, tech companies than it is in, like, traditional big four or law firms, stuff like that. And I really don't think that, like, stereotypical corporate culture is for me. Honestly, I'm more like, (laughs) I want to be friendly with everyone. I don't want to, like have to really bow down to everyone, anyone, because, like, there will be people I respect and it will show in the way that I talk to them, the way I refer to them. But that doesn't mean I have to, like, run errands for that person, you know? Depending on, like, what my job description is. I really want an inclusive work environment that allows me to, like, just be friends with everyone. Everyone's friendly and it's comfortable. It's very welcoming. Yeah, definitely one where people are just, like, nice and accepting and, and supportive. I would want to work in a place where there's a lot of team bonding Yeah, compared to, like... I know at tutoring, it's a lot less of that because, like, a lot of the time you just teach a class, you leave. You teach a class, you leave. You don't really interact with other staff. And I don't really like that because, like... I don't know. It's like you just walk past each other. You don't really know how to greet each other. You don't know each other's names. You just go teach a class and then you leave. Yeah, yeah. I Definitely think that's like more a team of like a job bonding. for the money instead of like the lifestyle. Yeah, tutoring is something. It's it's very like short term stuff. Not really something. I can't that see myself do. tutoring long term. Hmm. Um. You also said like. something about like the corporate culture something that my friend told me is that work friends will always remain work friends and yeah it's really hard to like blend not even that but like I think it's also important that you just have to be like wary of them I guess because essentially people are just selfish 
people like that's just kind of who yeah, we you're, are you're gonna be competing for promotions because and they're always a competition spots yeah there's so much competition. i don't like that kind of work culture and which is once again i don't like the very stereotypical corporate culture that's like depicted in mostly in dramas nowadays and i don't think is as realistic in many companies because many companies are so like have modernized their like way of running internally i i do think that i don't know like from my ex this could be completely fake um apple seems to have a stricter management but the the people there do seem nicer whereas mecca it definitely is very welcoming while like you do need to meet like expectations and stuff like that yeah and yeah it's obviously still, like, formal. yeah i don't know like both of us right now are just in this stage where we actually haven't we're just in the process any <laughs> we're just in the process of all these interviews like and hopefully none of them reject us because they listen to this podcast episode apple please hire me oh, actually, google please hire me i want the job no i, I, I want to work there i want to work on your projects <laughs> thank you Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, Apple and Google, if you're listening. <laughs> I, no, I got the job at Sydney Film Festival for the marketing intern. Because also she was like, oh, like, is Thursday okay? And I was like, yep. And she was like, okay, cool. Um, And then I just kept saying yes to everything because I felt so bad about saying no. But I, I'll probably just email her later and tell her that I don't want unpaid. I think know your worth in terms of internships because there's so many that are unpaid. Um, some could still provide you with very good experience, but know your worth because at the end of the day, if you're going to be productive for the company, the company needs to compensate you for that in one way or another. Yeah, and and commission-based pay, I think it's low-key sketchy if they don't have a base. It's sketchy. I don't like commission-based pay. I would never work for a commission-based pay like real estate is a different story real estate is like a but like in terms of like regular sales i wouldn't i think commission is fine but if if there's no base salary then that's when it gets really sketchy oh no there needs to be a base right like isn't wait is this I is that know. legal i do because not i went for a I went for a company and they said that um, there's no base salary, it's just commission and it's commission based on how many um, students I can recruit from Hong Kong into Australia. What? I'm like, excuse me, how do you expect me to get students from Hong Kong into Australia? Because I mean, like, they were I like underst- a... I understand like sales goals and like meeting yeah, them. Yeah, like KPIs. Like performance, making sure like performance is always improving, stuff like that. But, like, meeting a certain number to get money? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, I said no. They didn't want to hire me, so it's all good. Um, I wasn't qualified anyway because they wanted me to make very formal educational videos on Visa in Canto. And my Cantonese is, like... I cannot do, like, formal Cantonese. No, no I, I wouldn't be able to And do my that Cantonese too. is not, like, traditional Cantonese. Mine is, like, there's things that there's I say that... There's such a big difference between I, street and formal. No, though. there's also, like, difference between, like, which country you're actually from 
like because the Cantonese spoken in Vietnam is very different to the Cantonese in Hong Kong because there's so many things that have been substituted that don't make sense. Really? Because, uh, you know, a lighter? This is the most common one I can think of. Lighter. What do you okay. call it? Um, you guys call it for gay, right? No. Wait, what do you call it? For gay. Turkey. <laughs> oh, wait. Isn't... No, it's for wait. gay. Like, fire machine. Not fire chicken. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I would call it, like, top for gay. Oh, no, that's, like, when you're actually, like, lighting it. But for gay is, like, the lighter. Tart for gay is lighting the lighter. Uh-huh, okay. But, but for me, it would be tart for gay. And you would <laughs> not understand because you're like, why the heck are we lighting a turkey? No, it's, it's, it's accent. Um, it's not even accent but because with we just I think we just say it there's so, there's a lot more like different ones that I do not know if they're actually different because a lot of times it's not really stuff that comes up in regular conversation and I don't talk to you in Cantonese so like we don't really have that issue yeah <laughs> my grandma says um like oh, but we don't ever say like go to and I don't think that's a regular thing that people say in Hong Kong. How did we deviate so like, to this? <laughs> I mean, like, I think... I my, actually forgot. My, um, <laughs> one of my cousins from Vietnam went to Hong Kong and, like, the taxi driver could tell that they were foreigners because the Cantonese that they spoke was completely different. Like, it's very easy to tell when you're in Hong Kong because when I listen to, like... um. No, even when I listen to you speak, I can, like, I know what you're saying, but it's, it's, like, it's different. It is. Anyway, nothing to do with interviews, though. <laughs> oh, yes, actually, I'm going to bring it back to interviews. Do not lie about language. Oh, yeah, do not, <laughs> on your do, do not apply for a job where they, you need to meet, like, certain language expectations that you can't, because you, you will not learn in time. <laughs> Have you seen that viral TikTok about um the plane? Oh yeah, like it's like um oh so do it in Korean and it's like yeah. um the the plane is <laughs> like they're mixing like five different languages. Unfortunately, I've been in that position before, but very very fortunately, managers were not in the store at the time, and so I I wrote on my resume that I could speak Mandarin, and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so you know this- when you're on the street and, like, random Asian, like, um, yeah. elderly people yeah. ask you questions and you don't know how to um, answer them? Like, once I was on the train, right? And, like, my Mandarin sucks in, like, I understand, but, like, not... Me too. But also not at the speed that people do talk because, like, they talk so oh, quickly oh, in real same, life. Same, like, same, same. No, compared no, 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 dramas, I, I can understand because they talk a lot slower. But like in oh, real no. life, drama's not even. In real life, they talk so fast. I'm like, what the heck did you just say? Like that does not sound like the Mandarin that I know. I I said that I could speak Mandarin. Then this woman comes in, so she she can only speak Mandarin, no English, and um. And she can like kind of understand Canto, but she can't speak Canto, and I can speak Canto, but I can't speak Mandarin. Okay, so then. 
She's looking for glasses, and I can understand everything she's saying. Like, she's saying that, like, she takes out her phone, and she shows me a picture, and she's like, I want something like this. I want, like, frame that looks like this. And I, and the worst part is understanding but not knowing how to respond. Because I'm like, and the, okay, also, I, I do know how to say, like, recommend. So I was like, um... But then she asked me why. Okay, sorry. So that means like I would recommend this brand. And then she asked why. And then I was just stuck there. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain. The quality is very good. This manufacturing is very good. Is that what you said? And um, I literally was mute. Like I couldn't. I just brought her over and I made her try it on, and then she's just like, "I, I would have done." Oh my god! I would have the worst customer experience. I just, I, I, I literally could not communicate with her at all. But yeah, so don't don't lie about language. Yeah, don't, and especially don't lie about your skills because, um. You could be assessed on it, and they'll figure it out. Like it's not worth lying. Like, just in general, I think we're wrapping up now. Our fine, my final tips. I'll let Flora say her final tips too. Biggest one is do not lie, and my other tip is know your worth. I'd say my tips would be、um, do your research and make sure. Like it kind of ties into what Kelly says. Know your worth, and. See if the company is fit for you. Don't try to fit yourself to the company, because down the track that's going to be really hard for you. Unless you're like、um, trying to, you're trying to meet, like make ends meet and stuff like that. That's a different. Yeah,、story. yeah. I think I think that's yeah.、Um, and also like, just just be yourself. Yeah, just be. <laughs> don't make a fake persona because you'll hate it. Afterwards, because you have to keep up with that persona, and then like, it will just it, it, it will be messy. Hard. It will be messy. Yeah. So yeah. I think with that, I think that's the end of our episode for this week. If you like that, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Um, I checked the analytics recently. Seventy percent of you guys aren't subscribed. So please subscribe. Help us monetize, haha! Just kidding. Follow us、um, on Instagram. It's two dot friendless friends. Download our episodes on whatever podcast player you are using. And if you guys haven't noticed, I've been making new visuals for us,、um, making them kind of themed to whatever the episode topic is. I'm trying my best, and. Yeah, and、With、if you that, guys ever like a particular episode, you have feedback on it. We would love to hear it. Give、you、us can more episode ideas. Message one of us. Message、yeah. us. Message one of us. Message the Instagram. Email us. Whatever. We would be checking. We check them regularly. Well, I do. I have notifications on for everything, but、um, make、yeah. sure. Biggest thing is make sure you're subscribed. Only seventy percent of you guys <laughs> are not. Thirty percent off. Yeah. Okay. And with that, we'll、uh, thank you everyone for watching, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.